But what about someone, for example, we've got a lot of young listeners, Woke Finance, a lot of um, what we do is with young people. And, they, you know, they, they want to set up a little business where they can do people's eyelashes or people's hair or just something, if maybe flip trainers and that kind of stuff. Should they be registering businesses and in that aspect? Um, should they be registering as a sole trader or as a limited company or anything else? Hello, welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast talking about all things finance and finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host Jax. How are you, bro? I'm all right, mate. Just finished watching a football match with Man United beating, um, who did they just be? West Ham, which is my local team actually. So yeah, I'm in a good mood, mate. <laughs> Ole is truly at the world. He's truly at the world. <laughs> well, in theory, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see next week will be something else similar with me as an Arsenal fan every week changes but uh well done on your team winning today man good stuff good stuff absolutely and obviously we're in the run-up to Christmas well, what's Christmas plans looking like for you with all the rules and stuff you've got um well the rules have been relaxed um over the past couple of days um so it allows me to do a tiny bit of shopping uh, <laughs> just be buying a few things here and there a few gifts for close friends and family so yeah I'm looking forward to the end of the year. I know nothing too much is going to change, but sometimes psychologically it's just good to put 2020 behind you and move towards 2021. But as I said earlier, 2020 hasn't been the worst year for me personally. It's been a very interesting year. Let's put it that way. I definitely hear that, man. And more importantly, why have you got me? Why have I got you? Oh, we'll see. I mean, I can't tell you now. Well, man, I'll, I'm looking forward to it. Whatever it is, but I'm looking forward to it. And I, was, I receive it with open hands. Oh, I receive it with open hands as well. I'm waiting for yours. I mean, I think you've got a better taste for gifts than I do, so. <laughs> Say no more, man. Good to speak to you. Good to speak to you. And for our listeners as well, as you know, we're still social distancing over here. So we're doing everything virtually. Um, so, yeah, it's a pleasure, Jax, to catch up over here on the podcast for our listeners, um, current listeners, newbies, new joiners as well, we do welcome you. Thank you for tuning in. Wherever you are, if you can, um, whatever platform you're using, do like, subscribe and share. Thank you very much in advance. Today, we have a special guest with us. It's going to be an honour to introduce our guest and uh, get straight into today's uh, topic. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Stella from Account Star. Stella, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me. Most welcome, most welcome. It's, of course, December 2020 at the moment. It's been a crazy year. So, uh, you know, any, anyone that's come on the show in recent times, we need to find out how they've been, how they've coped, um, before they even um, fully get into their background and story. So, yeah, how, how have you been, uh, Stella? Well, as you said, 2020 has been a very sort of interesting year. Um, it's not what I expected. I think at the beginning of the year, everyone had all sorts of plans and things like that. And not that it didn't go to plan, but just not what I expected. Um, however, it's been a relatively good year, surprisingly. Um, I've had a lot more kind of business come in and have, I've had time to do stuff on my other businesses as well. Work has still been busy working remotely. Um, so, yeah, it's been interesting, very interesting. That's big, man. Me and Jax were talking the other day. I mean, I guess it's obviously been a crazy year for, for all of us, really. But 
um, in the also in between all of the craziness, there's been opportunities as well. So it sounds like you've latched onto some of those opportunities. So massive uh, congrats on that. And you mentioned, you know, the businesses that you're involved in as well. I've of course introduced you as Stella from Account Star. So it'd be great to walk in uh, with you um, into a bit more about your background, I guess, who you are, what you're currently doing, your journey so far, and how, yeah, your journey to how you, you got to where you are today, really. Okay, great. So, um, so I'm an accountant uh, by profession. So I've been working in accounting for about over eight years now. Um, I started off working in a high street accountancy firm, and um, then I moved into the government, and I started working in tax in the government. I've worked in a number of different roles in high-profile government departments, working in tax, accounting, financial management and um yeah budgeting as well so i've had quite a varied experience and um i've I've enjoyed it um to be fair it's been really good working um for central government because i get to see a lot of things on the other side as well um what happens inside government how they make decisions in terms of like policies and tax regimes and things like that so that's been really really good and um the reason why I say it's been good is because, um, as you mentioned, I'm the founder of Accountsar and I co-founded two other businesses, um, but they're not accounting related. So I'm a social entrepreneur and I think that's the best way to describe it. And the reason why I say I'm a social entrepreneur is because every business I'm involved in is for social good. Mm. So with, with Accountsar, the main reason I started it was to help people from similar backgrounds to myself. So I've grown up in Tottenham. I'm from a Nigerian family and I, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yes, I'm from, I'm Nigerian. So um, that's your outnumbered today. Um, I'm always outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So obviously growing up in a Nigerian family, you're obviously encouraged to work hard and things like that. So I've always worked hard. And um, as you know, account, um, Nigerians are quite entrepreneurial as well. So that's one of the reasons why I have a number of businesses. But um, so what happened was that as obviously I was an accountant, those people started starting businesses or side hustles and people kind of just needed help. And they would come to me and I'll, I hadn't started off doing my accounting business. I was working full time. So I kind of didn't really help them in that way. I would refer them to accountants that I've worked with in the past. And then when I started working in government, I worked in um, the Fraud Investigation Service and that really gave me a good insight into how the government works and how they investigate people when it comes to taxes. And I realised that, wow, there is so much things that the government look at and a lot of things that we don't know as a community. And I felt like there's so much people that can get in trouble we're just trying to earn an honest living just because they don't know how to do certain things, they don't know how to prepare their account, they don't know what their um, obligations are. So that was kind of like what led me to start Account Star, and I've been running that for over two and a half years now, and it's been quite good. I do financial education seminars, um, I do consultations around financial education and, lit and literacy, and I also um, teach young people <clears throat> years nine to ten on financial education as well. Um, my other two businesses are unrelated, but it's just 
passions of mine. So one's a hair business and one's a business in terms of career development as well. Amazing. And be definitely good um, at some point um, just to let us know where we can find a bit more information about the other two businesses, because we're going to get into a bit more about accounts. Because here at Woke Finance, we... We talk a lot about, you know, um, ways to, I guess, generate um, income through various different um, things, um, whether it's saving, um, investing, um, and also other things to do with um, the income that you generate in terms of spending it, giving it. And one of the areas that we do talk about is protecting it. Um, And one of the ways you can uh, protect it is around um, developing your knowledge and understanding around tax. So we're definitely going to spend quite a bit um, on this podcast looking at um, tax in particular and whether that's you know you investing and whether that's stocks and shares or you owning a business or even being a self-employed or an employee and really getting to grips around that um so it's going to be yeah really interesting to get into this and for me i don't know about you jets but i think when it comes to things like um tax and protection in that way it's one of those things where you you know you have to do it but you almost don't always try and do it if that makes sense so you know it has to be done but um, it's one of those things you try to push <laughs> to the back or to the last things on your to-do list. Yeah, I mean, you, Stella mentioned it, you know, when she was talking about w- w- working in the uh, fraud investigations department and kind of realising that there's certain things that you may think is okay, um, like, you know, running a business and not actually, you know, registering the business. And then later on, you realise, oh my God, I'm in trouble because I've been earning this income and I've not been paying a tax man. And a tax man mm-hmm. always wants a bit of your money. Mm-hmm. So it is something, especially in this day and age where everybody, literally almost everybody I come across now is starting a business, but they're starting it from a very kind of ignorant place, not their fault. It's just that they just don't know. They just don't know um, that they have to register it and that kind of stuff. So it'd be very interesting if Silicon can go into a bit more detail as you know, for example, how do you register? You know, what type of business do you need to register? And that kind of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And so hopefully we can bring some of that to light, man, and um, throw some gems out there as well. Um, Stella, before we actually get into that, you, you've, of course, you know, you've got a background around um, accounting and government. Um, it would be good to understand why, why uh, entrepreneurism for you. Um, that's a really, really good question. I think um, the main thing is that I'm, um, I'm a Christian and I'm very faith-driven and I re- believe that everyone has a purpose. Amen. <laughs> so I'm very purpose-driven. So that's why I describe myself as a social entrepreneur because every single thing that I'm involved in is to sort of give back and help other people. Um, my businesses, majority of them are profit businesses, but it is still for social good. So I feel like with me, in my day job, it's good. I'm using my expertise, I'm using my knowledge, and I'm gaining a lot of knowledge that I can then pass on to people in my community because I'm in that space to gain that knowledge. And But my passion is really, really helping people. So I think the entrepreneurial side, that's where it comes in because I feel that I'm fulfilled doing my um, business is on the side and also I'm I believe of multiple streams of income so that's obviously another reason why um yeah I have multiple um businesses and adventures that I'm involved in 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I remember the first time I spoke to you, Stella. Actually, uh, for everyone, um, I was a guest speaker at one of Stella's events. And I think that's how I was actually introduced to you. Um, and I found it really interesting that our values are quite similar and the way we think is quite similar as, you know, we're both kind of nine to fivers. So we've both got, you know, careers, successful careers that, you know, most people just rather just stay in those careers and maybe work their way up or something. But actually what we really believe in is purpose and adding value and helping people. And that's why we both run financial education type of businesses. So I do like the fact that our values are quite aligned. Um, and that's why we're friends. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, literally hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it. It's just about adding value to others and yeah, fulfilling our purposes. And um, Stella, you mentioned that, you know, you're very passionate about social entrepreneurs entrepreneurism so let's get into that actually in terms of you know the structures of uh, different types of uh, businesses people can set up the reasons why you might, might want to get into social enterprise or as opposed to just a full-on profit making um, enterprise etc so yeah it would be good for you to shed your knowledge um, a bit more about that and I guess you've spoken a bit more about the difference in terms of the purpose and the impact that they uh, might have in their community and the services they provide, et cetera. But what are some of the differences when it comes to the paperwork um, and how you generate income, all of that stuff, I guess? Okay. So, um, so with, so I think with social um, enterprise, social enterprise, um, a lot of people feel like that term is um, an actual legal structure. It isn't. A social enterprise is kind of what I said before in terms of like something that has a social benefit, a social good, and that can come in, in a number of different forms. So if I start from um, the side of a profit-making organisation, so the common, um, the common business structures and legal structures would be um, a sole trader, and I'll go into kind of each what, what each of these are. So you've got a sole trader, and the limited company, those are the most common ones that people have. There's other types, but I'll talk about those because from our community, those are the ones that we would normally start with. Um, if you're working with others, um, you may be into a may, may get into a partnership as well, which mm. is um, a general par partnership is similar to a sole trader, but just a number of different individuals, and then you've got a limited liability partnership as well. So I, I know I've talked about quite a few ones there. Um, as I said, I will focus more on a sole trader, limited company. So as I said, those two are both profit um, for, for profit businesses. And I'll go into a little bit about non um, non profit businesses in in a minute. Mm -hmm. So with a sole trader, that is basically kind of what it says on the tin. Your sole person is you. Um, as a person just working for yourself and you make all the decisions and all the profit goes to you and it's just you and when someone when you normally hear someone say they're self-employed most of the time they're referring to being a sole trader mm. however as an individual you can also decide to set up a, um, a limited company and the most common one as I said for for, for profit business is a limited company that limited by shares. So that means that you as a director, you can also be a shareholder. You have to be a shareholder. I think you can also decide if you want to have other shareholders. But I will talk about it in instance of you being an individual. So you are mm -hmm. basically the director and your um, the company is fully yours. With 
those two, people always ask me when they're sort of like a sole individual kind of, you know, what do I need to, um, what structure should I choose? And I think there's a lot of things for you to consider. And I will just briefly go through kind of the things that you need to consider when you're choosing um, the type of structure that is best for you. So if, for example, you're like myself and Jax that have a full-time job um, and you may be, you may be in the highest income tax bracket or anything like that, or even if you're not, you may have a full-time job, you've got a, another source of income, then you may want to consider getting a limited company. And the reason why I say that is because there are tax benefits that come from using a limited company, whereas mm. when you're a sole trader, um, your, your income, your, the, the income tax is basically just on you. So if you are an employee as well, then you kind of use up all your tax-free allowances. Um, do you want me to sort of go into that a bit more? I don't want to lose people. So. Yeah, 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 absolutely, um, Stella. I think this is a very, very, very important area. Um, as I said earlier, so many people are starting businesses and they have no idea whether to register as a so many. So the two you've actually mentioned are the ones that are the most popular. Yeah. Um, whether they should be registering as a sole trader or whether they should be setting up a limited company. So mm. if you want to spend more time kind of talking about um, how to do that, you've already mentioned the fact that if you are like myself and yourself, uh, full-time um, employees and we want to open up um, a business a limited structure is probably the better way um, but what about someone for example we've got a lot of young listeners world finance a lot of um, what we do is with young people and they, you know they, they want to set up a little business where they can do people's eyelashes or people's hair or just something if maybe flip trainers and that kind of stuff should they be registering businesses and in that aspect um, should they be registering as a sole trader or as a limited company or anything else? Okay. Uh, yeah, no, that's, I think that's a really, that's a really, really good question. And I do have a lot of people that come with those similar businesses and they ask the same question. And I think the first thing I always ask is kind of like, what is your um, objective? What you, what, what you want to achieve? So mm. most of the time people just want to be compliant. Just want to make sure that they're, they haven't um, gone off the radar that, you know, the authorities know about them. So normally I'll say to them, okay, a sole trader is beneficial because number one, you it's just you. It's very easy to kind of set up. All you have to do is go onto um, HMRC's website. You register yourself as um, self-employed and then you'll send a UTR number, which is your unit tax um, reference number. And then you just have to submit a tax return. And you have to, a tax return will be a self-assessment form and the reason why I say it's easier, and I'll talk about a limited company in a minute, um, is because, number one, you just have to register. You don't have to pay to register as mm. well. It's completely free. And you can probably do that in about five to ten minutes, and they'll send everything um, to, to your address. Um, you, it is advisable to set up a business um, account, um, a separate business account. But because you're an individual, you're not normally penalized for having a, um, for the funds going into your personal account but i'll talk about the disadvantages of that um in a moment so it is quite easy and it means that all the profit that go into your business everything that you make is all yours after you've taken out your expenses everything you paid for so for example your um doing lashes like the bed that you use for the lashes all the equipment you take all of that out and then after your income you keep all that profit that's all yours 
Now with a limited company, it's a bit different. So your obligations change. So number one, you have to then go to the company's house and register yourself as a company. Um, it's You have to pay, I believe it's 13 pounds to register as a limited company. And then you also have to register with HMRC. Um, so you have, because that limited company has to pay tax and that's called corporation tax. Now, because you're individual as well, whatever you, if you decide to pay yourself um, in your company as an employee, pay yourself a salary, then you may be subject to income tax as well. As I mentioned before, you could be a share, you would be a shareholder in your company. So that means that ha the reason why it's different to a sole trader is that you have your income, you have your expenses. After you've made that profit, doesn't matter how much profit it is, you have to pay tax on that profit. And that is, I think now it's like 19%. Only after you pay that tax, then the profit left is what you can pay yourself dividend. But again, you can't take 100% of that money because the company is a separate entity to yourself. Yeah. So that's where some of the disadvantages can come if you want to have complete control over what you get in and out of your organization, out of your business. So once you've done that, you pay yourself out in dividends and um, you have a, there's a tax-free allowance um, of that of about £2,000. And then anything after that is taxed um, at different rates, depending on um, what um, tax rate you're in. And that's, and that's dependent on your other sources of income. So say, for example, um, income tax, um, you have a tax-free allowance of 12,500. 12, so any income that you make that's less than 12,500, there's no tax on it. And then after that, between 12,500 and 50K, you're getting taxed at 20%. Yeah. After 50K, I believe it's 50K to, uh, I think it's like 100 or 103. They keep changing it. But between that amount, if it's after that, it's 40%. Yeah. Mm. And then the highest tax rate is 45%. So the reason why I've explained these different thresholds is because as an individual you have to pay your life or to pay income tax on all your sources of income so all of those accumulated together will, de will determine what tax rate you pay so as i mentioned earlier if you have um, a full-time job say like myself got a full-time job i'm in the high tax bracket so that means that if i was to pay myself number one as a salary out of my limited company, my tax will anything I pay myself will be taxed at forty five percent straight away. Mm. Um, so I would probably want to take um, advantage of the fact that I can pay myself dividends. A dividend, the dividend, as I said, you get two thousand pounds tax free. So if I only want to pay myself two thousand pounds, that means there's no further tax to pay. Um, if I then want to pay my, um, if I have any more dividends to pay. The tax rate is slightly lower, 37.5%, uh, a higher um, tax rate. However, if I was in a basic tax rate, the tax, the, um, the tax amount on dividends is only 7.5%, which is a big difference between um, the 20% that you normally pay on a salary. I know I've said a lot there. No, Stella, look, I, I, like I'm listening to you and I'm thinking to myself, this is pure education. This this is pure financial education, which everybody needs to hear. 
um, regardless of um, your background, even if you didn't start a business or, or finance at, at school, this is very, very, very important. I guess the question I can ask you is, we've just described, obviously, you know, that I, I know it quite well because I, I'm engaged in these things um, and it's really important, but there's so many elements to it, which, of course, we can learn if people want to get educated, they could come to someone like yourself and learn about it. However, my question to you is, at what point do you think it's necessary to get yourself an accountant yeah. other than trying to do these things yourself? That's, I think that's a, that's a really, really good question. And um, if I'm honest, um, because, as I said, because I, my, even though my business is, a, uh, my counsellor is a profit business, I am really about helping people. So I'm very honest with people and I'm very frank with anyone that comes to me with inquiries. So I offer a number of different options in the sense that I believe when you're, when you're starting out a business and so number one, if you have, if you're starting out a business and you haven't registered or anything like that, once you make a thousand pounds and that's in a year, once you hit a thousand pounds yourself, you've done a thousand pounds worth of lashes or hairstyles or whatever it is that you're doing, you then have to make yourself known to authorities. So at that point, you may want to, you may want to speak to someone and find out, okay, is it best for me to be a sole trader or a limited company? Stella, that's that's a, a thousand pounds in revenue, not profit. Is as long as soon as you make a thousand pounds money, it doesn't matter if it's profit, you have yeah. to make yourself known to profit. Is that yeah. right? right? Yeah. So as soon as your turnover hits a thousand pounds, it doesn't matter how much you spend, it's not a net figure, it's as soon as you've done a thousand pounds worth of lashes, lashes or sales or whatever it is, then you have to start declaring to um HMRC um, and obviously depending on how much knowledge or experience you have this is the time that I would say at minimum book, book a consultation with an accountant I won't say that you need to necessarily um, engage in um, a full-time accountant but book that consultation have a tax planning conversation with an accountant and that's one of the services that I offer yeah. because I think it's so important because as I've mentioned before there's so much practice you to consider um you need to think about you know what your long-term goals are um because and the reason why i say that is because a lot of people are starting side hustles and before you know it your side hustles are blowing and you're making money that you didn't think you would make and you're ready exactly (laughs) and i think one of the side things that i found is that a lot of people have had to close down their businesses because of hmrc debt or company Mm -hmm. house debt yeah and that is one of the key reasons why I started doing what I was doing because I was I think those are the most avoidable steps that you can um, have. It's something that you literally don't need to have as long as you have the education or you spoke to someone to tell you what needs to be done. So I think if you don't if you're not sure about what you're doing, speak to an accountant. The accountant would then advise you, well, I know, I can only speak for my, for myself. I know I would advise you whether or not. Number one, you need a full accounting service, whether it is that you just need to, a bookkeeping service for now, so that's just a system to record your income and expenses. Um, and if you, and depending on your ability to be able to do your own tax return. So one thing I would say is that if you've got a limited company, I always advise you to get an accountant. I think it's important because... I agree, I agree. Yeah, I just feel like... If you're trying to run a business, you literally won't have time to do all the things that you need to do as a limited company. With a limited company, your director, 
So you've got direct responsibility. You have to ensure that you're, you're compliant. You've got to do a confirmation statement each year. You've got to submit your annual accounts each year to companies how. And then to HMRC, you have to do your corporation tax um, and send them your accounts as well to prove um, what's in your corporation tax. And then on top of that, as an individual, then you are um, you're liable to do a self-assessment return as well. So that's almost like five or six things that you have to be compliant with. And there's different deadlines and different penalties for each of those different things. And if you're not on top of that, as I mentioned before, your company could be at risk. Number one, your company could act, they could um, strike you off the register. They can dissolve your company if, you, if you're not compliant. They can even take you to court um, if you don't submit your accounts on time because it's a legal obligation to do it. And I just feel like you just don't want to do that if you're it's, trying it's to run a business. It. It's not worth it. And, and, and Stella, um, that's really useful information. And I'm sure um, it would be great for, for anyone that has um, business and hasn't yet done that to check out account star but it'll be good actually what should people actually be looking for when they actually find an account or what some an account or what some of the characteristics because you know there's always that thing oh, this person's trying to rip me off or whatever where is it that we uh business uh people should be looking for when they're finding an account I, I, I think the term we're trying to look for peter is finesse finesse <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's true. do you know what i think um in my opinion um, I feel that, okay, number one, you have to have a good relationship with the accountant. You mm. have to have a good relationship with the accountant. So one of the things you need to, um, you need to get a good feeling when you speak to that person. Do I trust this person? Um, do I feel comfortable with them? And do I feel like they're knowledgeable? And another thing that you need to consider is, obviously, budget is important thing for some people, but you mm. also have to work, um, weigh that up against value and expertise as well. So the reason why I say this is because that I believe that I actually I know that my services and um, my prices are very reasonable. Um, and I've had people, you know, come to me and say, oh, do you know, I found an accountant or someone's given me a cheaper quote. Can you come down on your price? And I, I, I don't I won't come down on my price. And the reason why I say this is because I know my value. I know what I what I give. And it's actually crazy because last year about three people came to me and they said, oh, someone's doing it slightly cheaper. I said, do you know what? That's fine if that's what you're happy with. And then this year they've come to me, each and every one of them, and told me that they've got an investigation or inquiry from HMRC. Hmm. So one of the things I would say is that if you're going to look for counter, do shop around, but then if someone's coming in incredibly lower than the other accountants, then you need to question that a little bit. You need to think about why are they so cheap? Because mm. what it is is that sometimes they are just doing a quick job and they're not really being um, vigilant about what they're doing. And mm. also be careful about um, people that are selling you, oh, you know, I will make you, I'll make sure you don't pay X amount in tax. They can't, they shouldn't be able to guarantee that if they have not seen your books, they don't even know what you're, bringing in and you know what your situation is so if anyone's saying guaranteeing guaranteeing you like um, a ridiculous amount of reduced tax or if they're saying that they can guarantee they're going to get you a tax refund that means that they're probably doing something to you know 
something yeah. dodgy. <laughs> and um, it's important for you to ensure that you're comfortable with your counter because mm. ultimately it's your responsibility to ensure that you have the best people um, working with you because mm. when HMRC come and do an investigation, they will come to you. You can't say, I don't know, my accountant done it because that your accountant will send it to you, you agree it, you will sign it off. So as far as HMRC and authorities are concerned, you have signed this off and you understand what's in it. And I know it can, that sounds a bit harsh because you're thinking, how, am I, how do I understand? I don't know. But I always say to my clients, if you don't understand anything in your account, pick up the phone and have a conversation because I wouldn't feel comfortable if my client doesn't understand what's in their book, they don't understand their tax return. And mm. that's the thing. Not every accountancy service is like this because I understand that why they're not like this. But because I accounting and financial education is very different. So I would literally, you know, some clients will literally let you go line by line. I'm like, okay, fine. But it's fine because that they wanna they want to understand, okay, what does this mean? Because they might have something in their account but don't actually know that okay, that's actually um equates to asset on their balance sheet they don't really understand what what these things are they don't understand you know they thought they were going to pay more tax but they didn't realize there's different tax allowances for capital items and things like that so mm. it's sitting down with them and ensuring that they understand what's in their books and ultimately ensure that you, you, you should be able to ask your accountant any question so if you feel that when you're talking to an accountant or speak to them that there's just someone that doesn't seem comfortable then go with that gut feeling, but do shop around, make sure you're comfortable. Um, un, un, unfortunately, um, a lot of people believe that um, every accountant that you talk to is officially qualified, but mm. not every accountant is. So, How do, how do you check that? Um, you can... You can ask them, you can go on, um, depending on what body they're with. So if they're like ACCA qualified, there's a list that you can check if that, if that mm. person's ACCA qualified. I'm ACCA, so I know how it works. That I believe, I, I can't remember off head exactly what it is, but different accountancy bodies have a list of all the people that are qualified um, for that. However, I say that as a caveat because I'm not saying that if you don't have the qualifications that you can't um, you can't do accounts because I, a lot of people are qualified by experience so they've had mm -hmm. experience they may they may not have they might be part qualified they may not you know finish all the exams but they have all the experience but my point is that that's why you need to kind of be careful just make sure you feel comfortable with someone's expertise and education um, because. If they're not regulated or they're not sort of like under anybody's, then that's when sometimes they can be involved in things that, you know, may not be beneficial for you in the long run. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I love that. And and just just to keep, uh, give my two pence for the, our listeners, um, I'm very, very big and I'm sure Peter's very, very big on this as well. Now, when it comes to choosing financial professionals or anyone to help you do something um, or do something for you, you have to find someone with a heart of an educator. I mm. think that's the most important thing. Whether the person calls themselves a financial advisor, an accountant, an insurance broker, a mortgage broker, it doesn't matter because there's thousands of those out there. 
You need to find one with a heart of an educator. You need to un- never invest your money. You are talking about investing all the time. Never, ever invest your money with, into something you don't understand. That doesn't make any sense. Mm. Okay. And also I always tell people, especially when it comes to, I'm, I'm kind of drifting to investing side about, you know, you know how I get to, um, if anyone tells you about something and they don't give you an alternative and they don't even check to make sure you haven't, or you have understood that thing, you should run away. You should absolutely run away because there's so many financial products out there that just don't make sense for your situation. So you have to be very, very careful. Just wanted to add that to it as well. No, I, I totally agree with you, Jack. And, you know, the reason why I say that is because obviously um, last, well, the last year, I mean, last year I tried to engage with a few financial advisors and the problems that I faced was it was more like you're trying to sell me a product, you're trying to sell me something. And then when I came across Jack's, I was like, this is exactly what I need because I want to actually understand before I do anything. And I think it's really important to make sure that you do understand. I know that sometimes, a lot of the times, we live in a generation where, you know, people are a bit lazy to go and find things out for themselves, which is, which is fine um, because there's people out there that are willing to educate. But there's some people out there that are kind of not really educated but will sellers and you don't know what you're getting yourself into so i always say ask as many questions as you can and if you don't feel comfortable um then you know stick with your gut like people loads of people come to me and ask me about investing and i'll just say okay i'll just forward them to jacks i'm like that's not my situation so you just have to ensure that be careful certain people that, you know, claim that they are jack of all trades and they can do every single thing, yep. Um, yep. that's another thing to be um, mm. mindful of. Especially when there's money to be made, you know, if someone tries to sell you something very quickly in the first five minutes of conversation, yeah. something mm-hmm. right there. Um, you have to, you know, the, the amount of times when I'm doing consulting or, or doing just um, educational pieces, the amount of times I say, does that make sense? Am I making sense? I, I, I mean, it's crazy. But it's because I really want the person that sat opposite me to really understand what I'm saying yeah. for, for them to know that it can work in their situation or it may not, right? And people's situations are usually unique. So it's very important that they understand. And I'll also say for our listeners as well, um, you know, we're all huge fans of, of education. We think you should also try and do some sort of self-education as yeah. well. Because if you could do some self-education, it's harder for you to, what's that word again? It's harder for you to get finessed. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. Absolutely. And, um, Stella, so... Uh, you know, some of our um, listeners are might be in that, and I'm thinking of one or two in particular right now, might be in the stage where they've set up um, a business where they've got a product, um, they're selling that product, and they probably haven't yet hit the £1,000 uh, mark yet. They're just having a bit of fun with it. They're doing loads of advertising on Instagram, social media, all of that stuff as well. Um, I guess from a legal protection tax perspective as well, do you have any tips for those individuals that are probably in that stage? They, they might not even even registered the business yet, but they're still providing the service and generating income. Okay. Um, I think that's a really, really good um, point and a um, good um, topic to touch on. Um, I say that for... One main reason I say that is because, as I mentioned before, when I was working in the Fraud Investigation Service, um, I realised that the government, um, the tax authority, 
use a lot of intel to get um, to catch people out. And unfortunately, what I found was um, before I used to have this perception. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people had this perception that only like you know people that are making loads of money are the ones that are going to be investigated or ones that HMRC are looking. Uh, but at the same time, HMRC, their main goal is to collect revenue, collect tax from people. And if they can find an easy way to do it, they will do it. And the easy way is checking what people are doing on the socials, checking how much people are advertising and kind of working out you know, how much people are making and, and, and things like that. And if you are a person that, are, that is you know, openly advertising and you haven't thought about, okay, actually, what am I supposed to be doing? And you mentioned before in terms of there's people that there that haven't reached their thousand pounds threshold. What I would say is that any once you start your side hustle, get into a habit of treating it like a real business. Um, get if you even even if you don't have um, a business bank account yet, um, if you've got more than one personal bank account, keep it separate. So have a good record of all your income and all your expenditure. Do everything through one account. Always, for example, if you're using the PayPal, have a separate PayPal account or anything like that. The reason why I say that is because if HMRC, for whatever reason, decide to pick on your business and they say, you know, this person doesn't seem like they're, you know, they're, they're um, doing business and they haven't registered, we don't have them on our radar, they will, they have every right to come to you and say, show us your bank statement and the reason why i say i said before as well even when you have a full and running business to ensure that you have a separate business bank account because number one you don't want hmrc looking through all your bank statements if it's not related to your business and what they tend to do is if you have income coming in so say for example you know you have someone in your family or a relative that that maybe blesses you every month with like 200 pounds and it could be because you've done them a big favor or something hmrc will see that regular income and be like yeah we're going to attach your that you have to prove that it's not income and they can go through your bank statements and say all these things so you might be thinking oh do you know what it's fine you know i've kept i kept everything all my you know i know which transaction on my business you will highlight which ones it is but they they see anything else that looks like it could be another source of income they're saying to you you didn't declare that we're going to add that and then your tax liability will be tied up and it will be more than what you think so best practice have a, keep a record if you're not doing it through a certain um, a business bank account have a spreadsheet at, at minimum that has all your income all your expenditure if you're using an e-commerce website a lot of them allow you to um, download kind of like what your sales are and things like that um keep receipts keep do that because at least if HMRC do come to you and you haven't made the thousand pound, you can say, "Look, here it is. I haven't hit it. I'm not doing nothing illegal. This is what it is." And if they do come to you, like if you have submitted accounts and they do an inquiry, the same thing. They can inquire randomly within six years um, for any reason to ask to see your statements or whatever it is. So ensure that you you're, you have good record keeping, bookkeeping. Use QuickBooks. You know. There's loads of um, quite good things out there. Even if you have like a online business account like Monzo or Starling, a lot of them allow you to connect to um, 
bookkeeping software so as soon as a transaction comes in it's recorded or even if you don't connect to your bookkeeping software all the transactions are in there you can um you can categorize them and things like that so a lot of things that's making it a lot easier for you to keep a record of your income expenses um so those are the main things that i would say just consider um when you're doing all of these things because you don't want anything to be used against you in a negative way i'm not saying you can't advertise but if you are kind of hitting that threshold you've passed that threshold you should really be considering um registering or even contacting someone like myself to find out what you need what you should be doing man so useful man Stella, you're adding, you're adding so much value to World Finance today. Um, I just want to thank you for all this information. I think I, I think our listeners are probably listening, listening, taking notes. I hope you guys are, because even I, I'm I'm a financial professional. I'm sat here thinking, goodness me, I can name so many people that are probably, <laughs> if they're not careful, HMRC will come knocking at their door. So guys, do make sure you're taking on um, this information. What I would say, um, Stella, is there's two words that we've come across um, as financial uh, professionals quite often, and that's tax evasion versus tax avoidance. Mm. Can you describe the difference between the two and go into a bit more detail as to how we can do one or how we can avoid doing the other? You know, I think um, 